You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Monday edition. I've had a couple days now to reflect on the big trade the 49ers pulled off Friday and and did a bunch of stuff right away Friday, some videos and crossover with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Go check out Friday's show, and that's us just learning of it and getting together and doing a quick podcast. It was hilarious because right when we first jumped on the call together, Kyle and I, Friday, he didn't know about the second trade yet involving the Eagles, and I broke him that news because it popped up on my screen right as we connected so we had to put all the pieces together sort of live and going through it and just thinking it through what does this mean and been on some other podcasts had some time though this weekend to now ruminate on the subject of the number three pick and which direction they will go at quarterback and yes it is a quarterback you don't make a move like that you don't trade all of those pieces away for any other position in the draft so which quarterback is it we've got some clues What's going on with the Pro Day on Tuesday? Both Mac Jones at Alabama and Justin Fields at Ohio State having Pro Days the same day, Tuesday. And of course, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch holding a press conference Monday. And no doubt, we'll be talking a lot about quarterbacks, what's going on with Jimmy G, what's going on with pick number three after this massive trade. So we'll have all of this covered for you all week long. We'll get Nick Winkler's reaction as well to this trade and the presser this week, and, as always, your questions. So keep those coming to me at BDPeacock on Twitter. Where do we start here? How about this? The overarching idea behind making a trade like this. So the first reaction, obviously, is like, okay, wow, number three, but you've got to go back first. So why do you make a move to number three? Why are the 49ers offering their pick at number 12, where they're guaranteed to get a really good player. And that's the next podcast I was working on. It would probably have been today's podcast is me ranking the top 12 players, like saying, okay, look, if you're the 49ers, look, you get one of these really good players. And there's at least 12 players worthy of being selected there. So they weren't in a bad spot. And I think it shows both with Miami and then with Philly, especially who ended up with the 12th pick, that it's a nice pick. It's a good place to be in Philly, even before the draft, didn't mind moving down there and selecting a player at 12 because they know they're going to get a good player there. And so I was going to talk about some of the prospects and, and maybe, you know, the top 12 players in this draft for the 49ers to pick there. Now, that idea is out the door, but the 49ers were in a good place. They wanted to move away from that pick, add next year's first, next year's third, and the 2023 first, which I didn't even realize right away was part of the deal because I don't think it was in Schefter's first tweet. I thought it was actually a really sweet deal for the Niners to move up and only give away uh, a first and a third along with their 12 to go up. But no, there's an extra, so there's three first rounders and a third in total. This This one player they draft at three will be four total picks that were utilized on this one player. So you have to feel strongly about it. That's the point here. You don't trade up to three just to say, oh, we got a little closer to the top. Now let's see where we are. You know that you don't move into a house and then walk around and look at the neighborhood, right? You know what the neighborhood is before you move into a new house. So they know why they moved up to number three. 
And there might be a lot of opinions out there and a lot of people that say, oh, it's maybe this might be this. And you might even hear the 49ers say, oh, we don't know yet. We wanted to move up. No, no. Look, if you moved up, if you traded three or if you traded two firsters, first rounders and a third along with your pick to go up from 12 to three and you don't know what you're doing there, you should be fired instantly. So that that can't ha- that can't be even remotely a thing. So if you hear somebody say that, if you hear John Litcher, Kyle Shanahan say that, know that they're lying right out of their face holes because that's completely false. And if it was a real thing, you should be fired immediately and you don't know what you're doing. You're just going to trade up and not know why you did it and gave up all those picks. No, they they know exactly what picks one and two are going to be. And they traded up for a specific person at number three. That being said, the way I phrase that, put a pin in that right there because we're going to come back to that statement. They did this on purpose, knowing already exactly what they're going to do, who the player is for them at three and who will be there. They already know that. And here's the other part of this big trade, right? That's a lot to give up. So they moved up and uh, I've heard people say that, okay, this reopens their or elongates their championship window, right? Because now you have a quarterback who's going to be on a rookie contract for the next four plus one extra year, a fifth year option, right? So five years of a rookie contract and the number three overall pick gets somewhat expensive in the fifth year, I'm sure. And uh, I'm sure with the new TV money, that deal will be even more than what we saw Sam Darnold is going to get next year. I think it's 15 million or something like that. 15 to 18. I can't remember what the number is, but you know, that it'll be a significant number for the fifth year. But that means if you're getting picking up that option, it's probably still a bargain for that quarterback. Or you've already, you know, knowing that that quarterback has that option looming, they've already redone a deal and you've already restructured. Re- you know, re-signed the player and extended that quarterback into the future. So, you know, really it's the four super cheap years and then a fifth year option. It's a franchise changer. You are changing the face of your franchise and you're making a massive move. This is the biggest move up the 49ers have ever made, right? This is probably the biggest draft day trade the 49ers have made since they moved up to get Jerry Rice. And that wasn't as big of a move at the time. You didn't realize it was such a massive move until you look back and go, oh, wow, Good job, Bill Walsh. Thank you so much for moving in front of the Dallas Cowboys and drafting Jerry Rice. I mean, how different would history have been if Jerry Rice was wearing that star on his helmet for his entire career, right? So trade-ups can be huge and can be hugely impactful. Sometimes they're really bad. I'm usually not a fan of trade-ups when it happens for a quarterback. If you hit on that quarterback is a good trade and massively successful for your franchise because you hit on the quarterback. Always better to be able to hit on the quarterback where you're sitting after or after a trade down even. But if you do hit on the quarterback, it's still worth it. Now, if you trade up for any other position, it's a huge loss in overall resources that you gave up to grab that player in most cases. So it's got to be for a quarterback. And if you hit on the quarterback, it works. Now, if the 49ers did all this, go up and draft the wrong guy and it's a disaster. Then again, <laughs> I mean, there's two, there's two scenarios I've already talked about here in the first segment that have John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan losing their jobs, essentially. Like they're, they're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch with this move are staking their jobs and their careers and, and how people will look back at their careers on this one big move. That's why I know they already know who they're going to take and they feel so good about that player already that they made this move now and didn't even wait to see if how the draft played out to see if somebody fell a little bit further in the draft. And so uh, this is a massive move for the 49ers. It's a franchise changer. They could find their next star quarterback, the face of their franchise for the next 
15 years, or it could be a disaster, and the 49ers are looking for a new GM and a new coach because that's the type of disaster this kind of trade-up can be if you move up and you miss on this pick and you draft a bust. So this is a huge deal. And so I want all 49ers fans that are out there listening to this podcast to just sort of slow down and sort of enjoy this crazy time, this next month we have until the draft. This is wild because this is such an important time in the franchise's history after making such a monumental move in the 2021 draft. Okay, what does it mean? I've watched a lot of the top three quarterback names that are being thrown around that the 49ers could be drafting here at this pick. I want to talk about some of those quarterbacks. I want to answer some of your questions. I want to talk about the latest from Peter King about how the 49ers are divvying up responsibilities at those Alabama and Ohio State Pro Days. Well, those draft props just got a lot more interesting for 49ers fans, right? Who will be the third pick in the NFL draft? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Mac Jones? You can find the odds at betonline.com. A-G, you can find other NFL draft props, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, college football champions in, well, that game will happen in 2022, and of course, March Madness, which is happening now and always a blast. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, even awards shows and reality TV fights, uh, you can play poker at betonline.ag and other table games. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today. Use promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So my first inclination when I heard about this trade, it's the 49ers moving up for Justin Fields. Just the... The raw tools that Justin Fields has, the personal connection to Kyle Shanahan, being a quarterback that was at the QB Collective camp with Kyle Shanahan, with Mike Shanahan, with, uh, I think, both Mikes, both the coordinators from last year, LaFleur and McDaniel were there. Now the 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. Um, Sage Rosenfels is one of the coaches there. He's chimed in about this situation on Twitter Um, so Kyle Shanahan knows Justin Fields. He's seen him work. He knows what kind of talent he possessed as Mr. Football coming out of Georgia, five-star recruit. And again, at the top of the draft, it's Justin Fields and it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was one and Justin Fields was two. And I'm sure some people had him flip-flopped even as recruits coming out of, uh, high school. Not that long ago, actually. It's amazing how fast these guys go through the system when you're leaving college early and going into the NFL. So Kyle Shanahan has had a relationship, has seen Justin Fields work, has seen him throw, has seen him play, knows him personally, you know, and I'm sure he's had Zoom calls with all of these guys. So he's had some of uh, some more recent talks with, with all of these quarterbacks, but personally has the connection to Justin Fields. And it's always been so important for this regime, for Kyle Shanahan, for John Lynch, since they showed up in 2017, those personal relationships have been one of the most important things and important aspects in the players, coaches, and people they bring into the organization. And then for some reason, all weekend after this draft happened, the national media especially kept throwing out the names Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Overwhelmingly, much more common to hear national media saying, oh, I think this is Mac Jones because of blah, blah, blah. I think this is Trey Lance and the mock drafts and just... I heard that so much, and I was trying to get to the bottom of it in the origin. It was like, who's putting this name out there? Why are these the names 
that people are associating with the 49ers number three pick and why isn't it overwhelmingly Justin Fields and I get the talent like they're all good prospects like all the prospects we're talking about the 250 players that get drafted they're all good prospects right it's not like they're bad athletes they're they're draft picks for a reason, especially players you're talking about as potential first-round picks. So even when I say that I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones and wouldn't take him at three and probably wouldn't have taken him at 12 either, it doesn't mean he's not a good player. It just means that I like some other players better, and I like some other prospects better when you project them into their NFL careers, and that's just my personal opinion on it. I really like Trey Lance a lot. I liked Trey Lance a lot, a lot, when I thought there was a chance he might still be there at pick 12 for the 49ers or maybe after a mild trade-up. Is he the type of prospect you move all the way up to number three for? One year starting as a redshirt freshman, 17 starts in his career at an FCS school. FCS, FBS, FCS school, yeah. That's what they call it, I think. Uh, D2 is what I like to call it. Um, NCAA is wild. Is that enough? They didn't go to his pro day? You never met the guy in person. You never seen him throw in person. You're going to trade up from 12 to 3 based on 2019 tape when he's a redshirt freshman at North Dakota State and some Zoom calls. You're going to make that move? Give up two extra first-round picks plus number 12 to get all the way up to number 3 and a third-round pick? to Draft a guy you've never met, you've never seen throw? Watching his tape from two years ago and Zoom calls? No. I, I just can't buy that. I don't think so, as much as I like Trey Lance as a prospect. And to be honest, I think Trey Lance probably should have gone back to school next year, blown up, did his thing, make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable about, comfortable about it, you know, bigger body of work, and then been the number one overall pick in next year's draft. But I like Trey Lance a lot, and I love his talent. His size, his arm, ball explodes out of his hands. All of these top four quarterbacks, and I've watched a lot of Zach Wilson recently, watched a lot of Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones this weekend, and there is a clear gap in just pure arm talent when you're talking about Wilson, Fields, and Lance versus Mac Jones. Mac Jones is well behind. Now, Mac Jones has his strengths, obviously, gets the ball out faster than those quarterbacks, had a lot more talent to work with on his offense, especially than Lance and Wilson did. And, de- and even more than Fields, as far as pass catchers go. And the Heisman wide receiver. Um, and another wide receiver didn't play all year because he was hurting Jalen Waddell. Both those guys are going in the top 15, maybe top 10, top 6. I don't know. And as much as I like Trey Lance as a prospect, and at pick 12, it would have made sense, you know, have this guy and he, I, and when you look at how he could pair with Jimmy Garoppolo because Lance, because of his inexperience, probably isn't ready to jump right in there. So good pairing Garoppolo, Trey Lance. I could have seen that whole thing play out with, you know, using pick 12 on Lance, maybe a mild trade up. But going from 12 plus two first round picks all the way up to number three, that's just not enough of a track record to go on. And you could really see how there's some bust potential there in a quarterback that has so little to show you, even though it's pretty good. Justin Fields, you feel a lot better about because you've seen him for two full seasons. You've seen him in big games. You've seen him against big-time competition. You know him personally already. You've met the kid. You know what kind of a worker he is, what kind of a human being he is. And just that level of arm talent, that level of athleticism that Fields has. That's why it's such a slam dunk that that's what this pick is at three. 
And I think the 49ers already know that pick one is Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows the pick one's Trevor Lawrence. And the pick two by the Jets is going to be Zach Wilson. Maybe the 49ers really like Zach Wilson too. And if somebody else goes uh, number two, then they would take Zach Wilson at three. I could see that if the 49ers are saying, oh, we don't know who we like yet. We don't know who the pick's going to be yet. Maybe that's what they're saying. It's like, oh, maybe somebody else goes two. Then we'll take Zach Wilson at three. I could see that being what they're saying. But they're not saying, oh, we like Jones and Fields and Trey Lance all the same, and we would take any of them. No, because then you would have traded up to five, right? And we already know the Eagles are willing to dance at six. All it takes is one non-quarterback to go in the first five picks. And now at pick six, you're giving up one less first rounder, and you're giving up a fifth instead of a third to go up from 12 to six with the Eagles to make that pick, which is ironically the trade I made for the 49ers in this mock draft I did with Trevor Sigma of the Draft Network. Uh, the day right was less than 24 hours before this trade happened, actually. And so that 12 to 6, obviously the Eagles would have been willing to dance and move back. And if you're giving up just one extra first and a fifth rounder to go from, and I, and I, you know, I thought maybe even you could not, maybe you could get to six and seven without giving up an extra first, maybe give up a second and something else, you know. But if you thought you liked all those quarterbacks, then you would wait for this to play out during the draft and then make that smaller move up because it just makes more sense so you had to believe that the guy that you liked was probably going to be off the board maybe a pick four and there's a lot of mock drafts recently that had Trey Lance going to the Falcons at four so pro days let's talk about pro days a little bit because the 49ers did not go they had representation at North Dakota State's pro day but John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were not at Trey Lance's pro day which was a few weeks ago but they've been trying to call teams for a few weeks about trading up. And they had talked to the Bengals at five and the Falcons, and they talked to a bunch of teams between three and 12. Apparently some, I think there was a report that they didn't call the Jets, didn't talk about pick two. I can't believe that that's the case, that you would move all the way up to three and not offer the same thing to, at pick two with the Jets, right? But they did not go to Trey Lance's pro day. A lot of mock drafts have Trey Lance going forward to the Falcons because of the same type of idea I just talked about with Garoppolo. Same thing with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's locked in as quarterback, so you bring in the quarterback that's not ready to play yet, works behind Matt Ryan. The next year, you have your new young starting quarterback, and then you can move on from Matt Ryan. I could see how that would make some sense. Trey Lance, I talked about his ability. Big arm. And these college quarterbacks, is pretty cool seeing some of them with the wider college hashes. And from the far hash, they'll make a throw outside the numbers down the field on the opposite side and just make some huge throws. And that's what's exciting with Trey Lance and Fields and Wilson. To have that sort of talent, that physical ability with both arms and legs in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I mean, that would be really fun going forward. And if Shanahan can, you know, get all the rest of that with the short and intermediate stuff and you know, the reads and, and getting the ball out quicker, one, two, three with your reads and, and, you know, the things he can draw up for some simpler throws and getting, you know, leaking the fullback out wide open. Like all of those things with all of the ability for a quarterback that could also bail Kyle Shanahan out with some major throws down the field to the opposite sideline on the numbers uh, with their legs making plays happen when the play call doesn't work out perfectly. Like those are the exciting things about those quarterback and Mac Jones just doesn't have those things and just doesn't bring that level of excitement for what he could possibly be at the high end as a quarterback. So Mac Jones, when you max him out, you're still getting like, how much does Mac Jones have to max out 
you know, being a, a game manager and from the neck up and being able to get the ball out quick and death by a thousand paper cuts, right? How much does he have to max out all of his ability to get to the level of where these quarterbacks could get to or versus the best quarterbacks in the NFL? You're going to trade up for a guy who could be maybe Kirk Cousins plus? Are you even going to make that trade for the next Matt Ryan? What if you got rookie Matt Ryan? Is it worth going from 12 to three with three first round picks? Or would you be trying to get the next Patrick Mahomes or the next Aaron Rodgers? Or would you be trying to get the next Josh Allen physically, right? Because that's kind of where these guys are physically with the arm talent they have, plus the athletic ability on top of it. You're moving up for something special, in my opinion. That's why it doesn't point to Mac Jones, and it points more to Trey Lance and Fields. And just with the body of work and the personal connection, to me, even with all the rumors and all the other stuff we've been hearing, it has to be Justin Fields. Like That's the way I feel about it now until we hear something more concrete about it not being it. I just really feel like this move had to be for Justin Fields at three, or if Zach Wilson somehow does not get selected by the Jets at two, and he's at pick three for the 49ers. A little bit more on those pro days next and some of your questions coming up. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, fantastically tasty protein bar with 100% chocolate. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and we're getting closer to the final four. Today's matchup, the final of the enticing eight, is Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Vote for the best flavor of Built Bar and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Got some Twitter questions lined up here. I want to talk pro days, but really quick, there was an exchange on Twitter. Jeff Schwartz, Friday after this trade happened, said kind of what I've been thinking in my head about the Mac Jones to 49ers at three stuff. He said, this Mac Jones to SF stuff just feels out of control. A Bama quarterback who had the best offensive line, best wide receivers, and the least mobile of the top five quarterbacks, that's who they gave up multiple first-round picks for? And Sage Rosenfels, who I mentioned earlier, and he's one of the coaches at the QB Collective, responded to that saying, SF ain't drafting Mac Jones, period. So does Sage Rosenfels know something? Do the other folks in the media that have placed Mac Jones to the 49ers at three know something? One of those guys that has been in the past pretty tapped into uh, what the 49ers are doing is Peter King. And his, uh, it's not Monday morning quarterback anymore. It is the sports morning in America. What is it called? I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, his article talked about all these trades and all the quarterback movement and the draft and stuff. Uh, he said, for quarterback seekers, what to do when pro days of Mac Jones at Alabama and Justin Fields at Ohio State both happen on Tuesday? I hear the Niners will split the baby with Lynch and Shanahan expected to attend the Jones workout while assistant GM Adam Peters likely will lead a small delegation in Columbus to scout fields. Not sure I would infer huge meaning to that, but it could be significant. How I view it, Jones could be the leader, but it's not over. Very interesting. So, the pro day is happening on the same day. Kyle Shanahan, who Matt Barrows points out, can't remember Shanahan going to any non-Stanford pro days. Obviously, Stanford's right there next to Santa Clara, so it's a, it's a really short drive over there to watch a Stanford pro day. 
Sparrows can't remember. I can't personally remember. Hit me on Twitter at BD Peacock. If you remember a time that Kyle Shanahan went to one of these pro days, he said he ran a private workout with Mitch Trubisky in 2017, and obviously the 49ers passed on him. So how much can we take from this? I mentioned earlier, you don't make that trade unless you know already who's going to be there and who you're moving up for. So does any of this matter from here on out? They already made the move. They already know who it is, right? John Lynch plays the draft game. He admitted to throwing a smokescreen out there by going to Patrick Mahomes' pro day in 2017 when they did not intend to draft him. Maybe trying to drum up some trade interest. But now the 49ers have already moved up to number three. It could have been a smokescreen with Trey Lance when they were hoping someone like Trey Lance could fall to them at pick 12, not knowing what was going to happen in front of them, not wanting teams to know that they liked Trey Lance. That could have been a smokescreen. Even though I think finishing the evaluation, meeting the dude, seeing the guy in person probably is more important than trying to throw out a smokescreen that maybe teams care about, maybe teams don't care about at all. I don't know how much that stuff ever even really works. That's the other part of this. You think you know how a team's going to go, and you don't know. And really, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch aren't going to tell anybody about it. So anybody that thinks they actually do know probably doesn't know. But after you've moved up to three, do you need to throw a smokescreen out there anymore? Do you just have a finished evaluation on Justin Fields because Kyle Shanahan already knows him and they feel like they have a really good read on Justin Fields and they want to complete the evaluation on Mac Jones and just make sure the ball doesn't come out of his hand a little bit better or maybe moves around better than they thought or maybe they, they're, you know, they just want to complete it just to make sure they want to cross him off their list? Or do they really like him now? Now the, the cat's out of the bag. They don't need to worry about smoke screens. They can go to Mac Jones Pro Day because that's who they like and that's who they're going to draft at three. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore about this. So maybe all the smoke screens and stuff worked because I'm more confused than ever about what the 49ers will actually do here. I don't feel like it could be Mac Jones or that it should be Mac Jones. Does this pro day thing point to Mac Jones? I don't know. Do they need to smoke screen anymore? No. Go to the pro day of the guy you like the most. Get to know that pick the most, right? Make the most informed decision you can. Is the no pro day more telling than going to the pro day? Were they smoke screening about Trey Lance? Because his name has been plugged in with the 49ers all along too. In fact, in this same article, Peter King has either Mac Jones or Trey Lance going there, not Justin Fields. There's been a few anonymous scouts. I always love the anonymous scouts in draft season saying, Justin Fields is a fourth round prospect. So I guess you can draw your own conclusions. We'll have plenty to talk about over the course of the next month until we find out what happens, unless we find out sooner. And I have a feeling we're not going to find out before draft day what's going to happen. Do the 49ers want to fake who they like because they don't want a team to realize the guy they like is the one they're taking at three, so they blow the Jets away with an offer and move up to two to take their guy? Is that possible? Is that still a reason to smoke screen for the 49ers? Just don't see it necessary now that they've already traded up to the number three pick. Will on Twitter says, question for the pod. Don't see the 49ers using QB at three as a starter in 2021. The offense isn't simple, even for a veteran, and the 49ers are in a title window. Why waste a year or more growing a rookie? How about the Steve Young recipe? Wait for the backup to force out the starter. I mean, if you believe what the 49ers are saying, that's exactly what the plan is. And who knows, maybe that could go into 2022. But it just doesn't happen in the NFL. Even Tua last year, 
they planned on sitting him. They thought maybe he would even sit the whole year because he was coming off that hip injury, right? And he still forced his way in there with Ryan Fitzpatrick playing well and winning some games. It just doesn't happen in the modern-day NFL. And you talk about that rookie contract that's so valuable, you don't want to waste half of it because he's sitting because then, you know, where's that surplus value of your star quarterback sitting on the bench? And the $26 million you're paying Garoppolo that could go to another player. And maybe the the pick-in trade. You're down extra picks now because you moved up to get this quarterback. Garoppolo could get you back a day-two pick that would help ease the pain of the loss and add an extra starter onto the team that you lost with those extra picks that you traded away. So you have to weigh both of those things. And the 49ers are in a unique position. Most teams drafting that high aren't expecting to roll out there and, and be a Super Bowl contender. So you definitely don't want to throw that away. So that's why I could see the 49ers sitting back and say, look, we'll stick with Garoppolo. We can fit him under our cap right now. If a team comes calling with blank, we'll trade him. And if not, we're going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it probably the price is not any lower because the 49ers just added a quarterback. I think maybe that's probably what the 49ers are putting out there to teams. Like, look, he could be available. Everybody knows he could be available because you're trading up to three for a quarterback and you expect a quarterback that you trade up to three to be able to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo very quickly. And it probably should happen at some point during his rookie year. And even if he doesn't have a full grasp of 100% of the playbook, he can do so many other things when you're talking about some of these athletic quarterbacks and design an offense that would be extremely scary and extremely successful. But you're going to want to have a smart backup quarterback. Look, uh, you know, sign sign Alex Smith, the greatest quarterback mentor there ever was, right? It helped out your rookie quarterback that you traded up to number three to get. So essentially, the 49ers would still trade Garoppolo, in my opinion, but the price did not go down just because they traded up to number three. That's the way I read it. And there's not that many places out there, not that many teams that could fit him in the salary cap. The Patriots... Already got their core. If they wanted to trade them the Patriots, they should have done that three weeks ago. And that's the other thing that's weird. If they knew they were going to be willing to give up this much in trade, they knew they could get up somewhere in the draft and draft a quarterback. Why didn't they trade Jimmy to the Patriots when the Patriots still needed that quarterback and came calling about Garoppolo? So that's interesting. That does tell me the 49ers might be serious about keeping Jimmy G. But then there was also the report that we can't trade Jimmy G, quote, right now. So maybe now it is right now. On that note... D case on Twitter says some say we should get a cheaper veteran to hold the fort until number three is ready, but knowledge of the playbook would be the main thing a rook needs to get ready. Why would an outsider be of any use unless one knows the playbook? If we need a bridge, it has to be Jimmy, right? Uh, yes and no. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the best bridge quarterback because he can go out there and do it. And he already knows the, the playbook very well. But I think there's enough similarities in the playbooks. I think a really smart quarterback that's played in the West Coast offense that's maybe played in an offense with similar terminology could probably come in and help a rookie quarterback out quite a bit too. And you need someone that can step in and, and be able to play and be able to play potentially in week one when the rookie's head might be just completely spinning. So, uh, I mean, I agree. Jimmy's still the best stopgap. It's just the cost. The cost in what you could get for trade if a team's going to give you a pick for Jimmy G and the cost against the salary cap that even if you don't sign a bunch of players in 2021 before the season starts, you could roll over that cap number into 2022 and have more. So if the 49ers believe that they could still trade Jimmy for the same amount next year and get that salary cap savings in 2022 and have no problem fitting him under the 2021 salary cap, then yeah, Jimmy G is probably the best stopgap quarterback. And there was a lot of questions here about you know, the quarterbacks in the draft and the pro day stuff and my thoughts on that. So hopefully I answered all of those with 
uh, my ramblings earlier in this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for all the questions. Going to attack more of these questions because I can see that there is a ton of them out there. Hit me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Much more coverage of the draft, both the number three pick and guess what? The 49ers didn't trade any other of their 2021 draft picks. So we'll talk about all the prospects in later rounds after quarterback as well in the month leading up to the NFL draft right here, Locked on 49ers.